And we are live on Leadership Redefined with our second wine dance guest today, Dr. Christine Jordan. Welcome, Anthony. Welcome, Rich. Good morning. Good morning. Um, how are you, Christine? Good to see you. It's good to see you guys, too. We're well. It's a beautiful day out. We had a beautiful weekend here in New York and um, excited about this spring warm weather. Yes, I think everybody's uh, excited. By the end of the winter, everybody's just like, bring on some warmth here, right? Yes. Uh, no more snow, bring on some warmth, especially as we get older. I think it's even more amplified. Um, so, Christine, I'd love for you to talk about, obviously, your role in, in wine dance, um, your, your leadership style. We're going to get into some of the things that you are passionate about. I know you, you're in the world of attendance and and uh, parent community engagement as well is a passion of yours. So we'll speak to those two. But real quick for the audience, uh, your 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 title, I guess, we'll start off with and what you do and, and a brief overview of your leadership style. What, what what How do you go about being a leader in, in wine dance? So my title is Assistant to the Superintendent for Administrative and Instructional Accountability. And my role here has kind of evolved. Um, this is my fourth year here in the school district. And I started out as Director of Math and Science, but as the school district has changed, my role in the district has changed. And I came from a very large high school in New York City where I was data specialist and, you know, assistant superintendent, I'm sorry, assistant principal for organization. So I have a strong organizational and data background, but I was also a teacher for a long time as well. So it's my role straddles both instruction and accountability and organization. So currently, you know, I work with BOCES on our transportation department. I assist with technology issues, um, definitely behind the, you know, supporting behind the scenes on the one-to-one -one Chromebook initiative that was kind of super accelerated due to the pandemic. And then, you know, when, when students ask what I do, I just say I solve problems. So it's, it's really finding those gaps and, and filling them and making sure that the teachers have what they need, the other administrators have what they need, and most importantly, the students and the families have what they need. And if it's not being met through instruction or HR or business, kind of leaves room for me to squeeze in there and solve it. And I love that you just didn't, oh, by the way, you're responsible for technology too. And it's been, that's been kind of important through this pandemic. <laughs> uh, the, most people have positions dedicated to that. Um, oh, and grants. I forgot about grants. <laughs> oh, grants as well. <laughs> grants, grants as well. Just because they all, you know, it, it's just juggling balls in the air and, and finding a lot of, a lot of times they overlap. You know, we use our grants to support technology. Um, and so one really can't happen without the other. So, Christine, you mentioned, I'll, I'll start off with the, the parent and community engagement. Then, then uh, obviously, Anthony and Rich chime in as well. Um, I know you're, you're pretty passionate about that. And that that is related to attendance as well, right? So if you could just speak to your leadership style, but also as it relates to the engagement piece with parents and community, that would be wonderful. So I don't know, and, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, and I'm sure that my professors from my doctoral and, and leadership programs would be embarrassed, that I don't really know my leadership style, but I will say it's modeling, right? And so when you're a classroom teacher and, and you want your, your students to solve a problem a certain way and show them the importance of critical thinking, you have to model that. That's not something that most people have inherently. 
And then when I became an assistant principal, you know, I modeled the relationships with the teachers that I expected the teachers to have with their students. And, you know, we lead by example. And that's really what my leadership style and philosophy is, is we have to model the expectations that we have. And I did my dissertation on the importance of chronic absenteeism and how to address it in high schools that have been identified for improvement. My whole education career has been in the improvement world. I came from a receivership high school. I came to a target district that had a receivership school and that's the world I know. And what the data shows is one of the biggest levers for improving schools is family engagement. And it goes back to that modeling, right? So if we know better, we do better. And I remember me, the poster child for understanding attendance, I got an email from my kid's teacher that said she had eight absences. And I was like, what? There's no way she has eight absences. And I wasn't even tracking my own child's attendance. So if we expect to improve school through attendance, we have to be very explicit and clear with the families on how many days are being missed and what that equates to. And so chronic absenteeism, you know, it's, it's 10% of the school year, it's 18 days. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but if you think about it, that's an entire month of instruction. It's school is only 10 months and most months have 20 days of instruction. And when you're missing 18 days, that's an entire month. So if I said to you, Dr. Brazana, you can let your child just miss one month of school. When you freeze it like that, you know, there's no way that you would allow that to happen, but two days a month isn't so bad, right? But it's all the same. And so when we have the understanding and we communicate this to our teachers and to our students, and most importantly to our families, then we can start to look at how attendance impacts and have the understanding and have the conversation. And, you know, most people don't realize that attendance really starts in kindergarten, even though we don't report it. But poor attendance habits that begin in kindergarten can impact the third grade and the literacy and the numeracy in third grade. And once those patterns are set, they begin to impact the middle school grades. And then once those patterns are set, that's really what's going to impact your high school dropout and your graduation rates. So I always like to tell people graduation rate doesn't get decided in 12th grade. Graduation get, rate gets decided in eighth grade, ninth grade, third grade, and even kindergarten. So I want to ask some, then I'll turn it over to Rich and Anthony as, as this is ask their questions. Does family engagement drive attendance or does attendance drive family engagement? I think it's a cycle. If, if you have the conversation about attendance with the families, then you maybe won't have the attendance problem that's going to force you to reach out to families to get them engaged. Right. So if it can start together, you know, it, it, you don't have to fix one by going after the other. Excellent, good. Anthony, Rich? Yeah. Uh, Christine, I agree with everything you, you've said and, and I know that you have great depth of knowledge and, and experience in this. Um, and I can't you know, agree with you more that that engagement with families is critical in many aspects of, of school life, particularly attendance. But give me your thoughts on the relationship between attendance and pedagogy and methodology and and student engagement in the classroom? So, you know, I, I will harken back to my days as a, as a young 
and I don't think I was ever a young math teacher, but I guess I was a, a young math teacher. And, you know, we would have these department meetings and everyone would say like, oh, you know, this kid only comes in once a week. And, and so as a teacher, sometimes we fall back on the, well, I can't possibly fix this problem because the kid is never here type situation. And so we have that, but also is the child not coming to your class regularly because you're not engaging them? And I remember Dr. You know, Dr. Rita, when she said kids don't learn from people they don't like. And you know, certainly when you're a high school student or even to some extent a middle school student, and you have that mobility and you're able to cut class, you're going to cut the class of the teachers either you don't like or are not doing the best job of engaging you. And that's certainly not true in elementary school for the most part, but in middle school and high school engagement drives attendance. And I do think that sometimes as educators, we have a hard time seeing it. We take almost the reverse. I can't engage this student because they're never here. And so both of those could be true, but it's also taking the time to figure out which one it is it is and reaching out and building that relationship. Because if you build the relationship with your students and you're able to engage with them, whether it's about, you know, how to solve a quadratic equation or what their favorite punk rock band is, because there are kids, believe it or not, that listen to punk rock music these days. And if you can engage with them, their attendance will improve and then you're not battling all the time the students, oh, well, they're, they're not coming, they're not coming, they're not coming. I think in elementary school, it's a little bit more about engaging with the families because, you know, my daughter's in fifth grade and she goes to school because I tell her to. If, if she stays home, I'm a party to that. When my son was a senior in high school, you know, I, he did what he did. He drove his car. Maybe he did. Maybe he went. I don't know. Rich? I just, before you go, I, I appreciate your, no, it's okay. No, no, no. I couldn't get my mute off quick enough. I appreciate your answer. And I, and I just want to say that I'd like to save um, this next question for your next meeting with us. And that is, how do you start to transform instruction to meet that student engagement piece? That is a huge, huge undertaking. Um, and a lot of things that you said require teachers to take a long, hard look at just how engaging they are in the classroom. So that's a whole nother discussion, but, but uh, I, I certainly thank you and appreciate your answer. Rich? Actually, uh, Dr. A uh, actually uh, certainly has offered the point that I, I think I would wanted to pursue as well. You know, the, the matter, especially on the secondary level, Christine, uh, notwithstanding all the other things you have to work with, you know that you know, the cross-systemic issues uh, are sometimes really hard to tease apart, aren't they? Uh, and yes, it's true that parent engagement, even parent engagement with secondary students, uh, and by the way, I, I like the word engagement instead of involvement, and I like that you use that term. Parent engagement on the secondary level, I guess what we, what we need to do is somehow, and I'm not sure how you would do this, or if you even tried to do it yet, uh, at, in, over in wine dances to try to just, to find out which does come first, the chicken or the egg, whether it's a matter of what the uh, instructional uh, levels are and the extent to which they've uh, uh, enticed students to want to come to school versus the engagement piece. And then the piece we left out, and I know that's an issue in a lot of schools, 
I think in your school district as well, is you know, the pandemic has forced some students to have to go to work. Mm-hmm. And that's another, that's another, another core systemic uh, issue that's re- really out of a district's control, isn't it? it? It really is. And, you know, sometimes we'll hear about even corporations, like corporate that are, that are employing students that really should be in school during the school day. And I know sometimes I've gone to the local Target and I've seen our students working there. And, you know, I know they're probably working more hours than is legally allowed or they're working during hours that they shouldn't be. And that's really where, and I'll say it again, engagement comes in because it's, it's not just parent engagement, it's also community engagement. And it, it's making sure, you know, I, in my research, I've come across school districts that work very closely with their community and say, you know, Al, you might own the local deli and you might employ several of our students, but it's really important that you understand as a business owner that employing students during the school day has a long-term negative effect on your business. Because if they're not graduating high school, you know, it's going to have an impact on the community's economics and in civics for a long-term. And so it's all of our responsibility to make sure that these students are in school and they're able to graduate on time because we all know that high school graduates, you know, earn more money, live longer. You know, college graduates earn even more money than that. So as a local business owner, it behooves you to support the school district in getting more students to graduate. I don't think, you know, we've reached that level of engagement here yet because we have a lot more work to do with families before we start bridging that business gap. But I think that that level of engagement is sometimes missed across the country. It's just engaging with with community businesses and, and corporations that are employing these students. Because school has to come first. It, it's, a, it's a short-term solution to a long-term problem. And you know we have 40% of our graduating class two years ago was immigrants. And you know, when they come to the United States, many of them are working to support their families because that's what they were doing before they came here because they're beyond compulsory age in their home countries. And so a lot of times that is their priority. And I understand that, but it's a short-term fix. And so we can engage with the families and, you know, help them see that these are some programs like the Department of Labor employee program. We have a huge Department of Labor component here where we're able to provide some of our students with jobs that fit around their school day and they can remain in school. One thing I do think that the remote instruction has provided students with a little more leeway and we've seen students turn in work at 11 o'clock at night after they got home and having the availability to, you know, I missed my class, but I'm still able to do the work has helped a little But in New York State, this isn't a long-term solution. I think there are 17 states that provide almost a virtual high school, and we're not one of them. And I think if New York State can kind of help the districts like Wyandanche and some other high poverty districts develop an online school, that might provide a little bit of a solution for that problem for students who have to work or think that they have to work and still need to graduate high school. And or, and or restructure some things that you have the, uh, the option to do uh, with some planning. Like I know that Wyandanche Dinch High School has been talking about uh, our cooperative education approach, mm-hmm. or, which would have a great appeal to students. It's not easy to put in place, especially in a suburban area for that matter. Right. But uh, it's certainly a, uh, 
an opportunity for leadership to, I, I don't like this phrase, but it's the first one I can think of, and I think out of the box. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that when you use the word engagement, anyone, there's another dimension to engagement, and that is making school meaningful mm-hmm. students. And it isn't always meaningful. And um, that's another huge challenge. And, and you know, I don't necessarily say I have all the answers because I don't, but school itself, structurally, um, what we focus on, what we value needs to be rethought too, uh, because it really isn't that meaningful to students. Um, and I know that, you know, every district now is going through this whole process of now we have to give the state exams again, and, and what's that going to mean? And, you know, until there's maybe some change of thought in the policymakers too, mm-hmm. um, that just makes your job and, the, and, and those in, in the field harder. Um, but there's, there's, you know, as, as Rich was pointing out before, the dimensions to this issue. I mean, attendance, attendance is just a huge issue. Uh, with many, many, you know, it's dynamic with many things coming and, and trying to engage all those different root causes. That's a huge challenge. Christine, just as we wrap up here, I just want to throw out one more question because attendance to me as a parent, as a former administrator, teacher, uh, to me, the attendance piece can quickly take on this negative connotation, right? Like, Oh, here we go again with the attendance thing, the attendance thing. Is it more important to focus on, hey, your student's been out 10 days, or more important to focus on uh, the root causes of, of what's driving the attendance in your view? And what do you focus on more uh, in your mind, in your role? I'm, I'm curious with that too, because it could, and you may not agree with that. In my mind, it can get to that negative space very quickly uh, because a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I have a chronically ill child. Um, I had to fight with the district uh, to make sure that he was taken care of because he was out so much because of this chronic illness. Um, so very quickly, it spun into the negative for my son, from me, my wife. Um, so is there, and, and those, those circumstances vary, right? It could be work. It could be health. It could be just they don't feel like going. It could be. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what is the best way to focus on it? if you do or do not agree that it could be go into that negative space really quickly. So I think that's what you shared is, is one of the real crux issues around it is that when a school district reach out, reaches out to the families, the conversation is your child has missed 10 days of school. And right. then period, it really needs to be a comma. Your child has missed 10 days of school. We really need to, you know, work with you to figure out is this something that you need our support with or, you know, is, is there an extenuating circumstance? Because sometimes, I'll, it, you know, it's food insecurity, it's housing instability, it's all of those things that it has to be a conversation. And, and I, now I feel like I'm over saying the word engagement. For your child, it's a different issue. For, you know, Dr. Nunziato's child, it could be that he just doesn't feel that school is the right place for him. So if I were to say to both of you, your child has missed 10 days of school, period, for you, it becomes a very negative connotation right away. Like, don't they even know that, you know, my child has this chronic illness and we have these doctor's appointments and we have all these things going on. And then for Dr. Nunziato, it can be like, you know, I've got my hands full. The kid doesn't want to go to school. I don't know what you want me to do, period. And that becomes the conversation. 
Whereas if you can leave it open-ended or if you can put that comma at the end and let's have the conversation. And then, it, you know, Anunziato turns around and said, you know, I'm just not able to engage with him. Oh, you know, let's bring him in. Maybe if we can get him to talk to the male school psychologist or, you know, we can get the social worker involved or is there a teacher in the building that he does have a connection with that we can build on? It becomes a conversation instead of a one-sided your kid is not coming to school. What are you parent doing wrong? Because your kid, parent, whatever is in the wrong here. And the real crux of it is chronic absenteeism is a huge indicator that there's an issue with your school climate. And, and that's the bottom line is it's a climate issue. And, and that's why it falls under that ESSA indicator. Is I'd also say it's climate? a culture issue. Yeah, in culture. I, I was trying to think of the other C word, but I'm very nervous and I couldn't. No, that's okay. No, <laughs> You're doing amazing. But that's, that's really what it is, is it's a warning sign to the school and the district that, hey, you know, something's failing and, and we all have to work together to fix it. And it's not always the parent's fault or the kid's fault. You know, sometimes it's our fault. And, right. and are we making school engaging? Are we inviting are we working with our students? And, you know, I'll tell you, Dr. Nunziata, that was my policy recommendation is that there really needs to be more flexibility in New York State Education Department and how we engage with older children. Can we have this online learning that's state supported? And, mm -hmm. and I don't think there's enough at all, actually, in New York. So I, I think it just all follows each other. When you have the conversation with families, it has to be a conversation, not, you know, I could just put a piece of postcard out and said, your kid's been absent 10 days and really nothing is going to change. Right, right. Well said. Uh, so we are close to time. I want to, I'll, I'll, I'll say my thanks and gratitude for you being here. You were wonderful, uh, Dr. Jordan. Uh, I'll let Anthony and Rich say something quickly and let you close it out, Christine. Thank you very much, Christine. Uh, so much food for thought. And uh, your last statement uh, was so poignant and so true. Um, again, they, somewhere along the line, policymakers need to rethink uh, what schools are and, and what they should be. So keep up the good work. Rich? Yeah, that was like a, almost, almost like an epiphany for all of us when you said that you know, before. Now, Really, I mean, all of what you know, we at Leadership Redefinement are trying to invest with you and help you help you co-develop has been the, that, that kind of points of view to recognize that this is a, a big, hairy monster and has lots of pieces to it. And it's just uh, gratifying to hear that you that you recognize what what the challenges are. If uh, we interviewed, you know, Dr. Talbot, your superintendent, uh, a little while back, and the screen she had behind her was about uh, uh, the the graduation uh, uh, destination graduation destination yeah. graduation well the the destination graduation is is highly dependent on all of the facets that uh, the issue is that we've examined with you, with you and your leadership today so uh, keep on I know you're not taking your teeth out of the leg of it so uh, I'm just going to tell you to keep doing it thank you very much uh, and Christine final thoughts from you and I just think it's 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 an evolving thing. And when we as school districts and schools and educators talk about engagement, it, it doesn't mean the number of people in your PTA. And that's really not what engagement is. 
engagement is reciprocal and it's about a myriad of of things and it can solve a myriad of problems and even if it can't solve them it can help you ameliorate them and i think we need to move from as a as an industry away from engagement means the number of people coming to back to school night or the number of people you know in the pta and and that's not really what it is and i challenge schools to find ways to meaningfully engage with families and give them the tools necessary to become true partners in their child's education. And also, you know, maybe move away from parents, parent engagement, and it's really family engagement. Because I think particularly in districts like Wyandanche, it's not always the parents. Sometimes it's a parent and someone, or sometimes the parents just are unavailable. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Christine, I really appreciate your time, appreciate the conversation, um, and we will uh, be seeing you soon as we continue to work in Wind Edge. Uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Thanks so much. Really appreciate Thank it. You. Thank Christine. you. This was fun. Thank